Welcome to Diva Dads episode one. Uh, this is going to be our introductory episode. I'm Dana Martin. I've been a part of uh, the theater company for a little over a year, almost a year and a half. And uh, the last show you may have seen me in was Little Shop of Horrors. I played Mr. Mushnik. Um, I'll turn it over to Dad Rodney Bettis. I'm Rodney Bettis. Uh, been with the theater company about the same amount of time. Also in Little Shop of Horrors, I played uh, Orange Gravello DDS, the dentist, um, and been in a couple other uh, couple other shows, uh, both in the cast as well as in the crew. So, um, and then our last but not least, Dad is uh, Mike Kilgore. Hey guys, Mike Kilgore, and um, I am. Uh, recently was in uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, played the narrator, and then I also played in um, Fiddler on the Roof as the Russian constable, you may recognize me from. We'd like to take this moment also to thank uh, Brendan Kemp and Tyler Lewis, who actually wrote the Diva Dad song for us, which was amazing. So thank you very much. At this time, we'd like to invite our special guest uh, who's here with us tonight, Artistic Director of the Theater Company of Bryan College Station, Adrian Dobson. Hey, Joe. Hello, Adrian. How are you doing? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me as a guest on Diva Dads. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, I guess we want to talk to everyone about what Diva Dads is and how this got started. Oh, right. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> the most important step of all, oh, Mike. Come on, come Mike. On. Okay. <laughs> Getting right back to it. So, um, first, who wants to tell me a little bit about how this weekly gathering came together? Uh, I'll start. Um, I know that Mike was doing some stuff with another group of of people, uh, cigars and whiskey and or bourbon or something of that nature, and had invited uh, Rodney and I along um, back way back without getting into too much history we really hit it off when we were in a show together um and during this time of covid it's been very difficult not to have that social aspect of not just the theater but friends that you've made along the way so i threw out there hey can we just meet on thursday night and we'll call it whiskey thursday and that's how it started we've been doing this now this is like our sixth week of meeting on a thursday evening and it's about whiskey and friends and talking and theater and everything perfect okay so then two weeks ago what happened that changed everything right yeah so we were uh we were just doing our normal thing and uh dana had kind of had the great idea of bringing a just a guest like a surprise person for us and it happened to be riley who, ha who was in uh, the show with the three of us. Uh, she was in Mamma Mia. She played our daughter, which is part of the reason why we're called the dads is because we were the three potential dads of that show. Uh, but she showed up and it was just, you know, it was awesome. It was the same as it normally is where we 
talk theater, we talk about each other, and then um, and then it devolves into like Star Wars at some point. Uh, but I thought it was hilarious, and I was like, you know what, we should just like hit record on this and turn it into a podcast. It'd be kind of cool. And then it went crazy after that. Yes. So the next week, uh, that day, I had been in a meeting with Dana and Mike for theater company stuff. And Dana mentioned, hey, what are you doing tonight? We have this weekly thing. We'd love for you to come hang out. Riley came last week. It'd be great. And I thought, that's awesome. That sounds great. Who was missing that week? Mike? Oh, um, <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> dad number three, of course. Uh, now I had something come up. And um, some talent stuff, you know, they needed some talent. And so I decided to, you know, oblige. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, unfortunately, I missed. Oh, yeah, one. That's one. Uh, unfortunately, I missed the week's meeting. But um, what I missed was turned out to be the brainchild of Rodney, Dana, and Adrian, which is amazing. And I'm really grateful for this opportunity. Oh, so basically, what happened, which Dana not so subtly likes to keep reminding us, is that I took over. <laughs> <laughs> And that this thing that you guys were talking about is this casual let's hang out and talk and record actually is now turning into something that we all think is going to be really cool. So Diva Dads is going to be hopefully a weekly installment um, of you guys talking to extended theater company family and not just current theater, but we are hoping to branch out and reach back to old theater company, um, to people that have moved on, got married and moved away, moved to go perform or whatever. We want to be able to connect and remind all this extended theater family that like, even though they might not be here anymore, that they're still important to us and that this community obviously is still important to anyone who's ever come through, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And if y'all mentioned that, if y'all saw the little score happen, um, we have a thing. Well, first, let, let's talk about the three of you guys. So, um, Mike, your first show was Sweeney Todd back in 2016, right? That's right, yeah. Then yeah. Dana and Rodney, you guys both came during My Fair Lady, right? Right. Yes. And since then, you guys are just, like, we have to drag you into the theater. You just, it's such yeah. a time suck. You can't, we have to, like, I have to twist arms and force you to get on stage, right? I hate it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Far from the Maybe truth. a little bit the opposite, but you know, it's it's fine. We we can go with that. <laughs> but specifically the three of you guys really got to know each other in Mamma Mia. So what was it about that show that that made you guys click? I don't know. I don't really like them that much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I think uh I think just the you know, there were the the show had um it had lots of little mirrored trios. So we had a mirror trio of ladies roughly our age. Um, and then we had a trio of young men that were younger than us. And then there was a trio of young ladies who uh, kind of mirrored. And so there, there were these uh, four, four groups of three, in addition to just a great ensemble. But, um, but yeah, we, we spent a lot of time uh, together on stage, backstage, um, and then just kind of our personalities, I think, just, just kind of meshed. Um, you know, we like, love to give each other our time. Uh, we like to point out uh, when somebody's acting like a diva um, and give each other points. 
point values don't really matter. It's kind of like kind of like the uh, Drew Carey show, you know, where points I think don't they might the be score doesn't matter. matter. Now there's going to be an official tally, <laughs> so that's a great segue. So if you guys are paying attention, and it might be that our audience has to help us keep score a little bit too, um, but when one of these three acts a little entitled. <laughs> privileged, diva-ish, uh, they get to rack up points. Who's winning? Mike. <laughs> <laughs> By winning, I mean losing, I guess. Mike, I, I Mike definitely, definitely Mike. is the leader out of the gate. Oh, <laughs> That's tough. Was it my so, talent comment? <laughs> <laughs> that might be worth five points. <laughs> so the three of you guys, um, got together in that show and you've just been like inseparable ever since i would say so yeah i mean we um segued into other shows like the rocky horror picture show of course rodney is always i mean he's pretty much designated uh set builder now um shows that he's been a part of uh shows that his daughter um has been a part of and um shows that none of the bettises have been a part of he just gets on stage and builds and um dana of course with his business development uh training and over the years and i think you're at bachelor degree right now dana i think it is or i'm afraid of getting a diva point but no i completed my mba and i'm working on my doctorate i was trying my hardest <laughs> dana um you'll see him when he's not on stage i mean goodness gracious just recently went through the overhaul of the um Props, uh, and it's the red, right? Yeah, the graveyard. oh, the graveyard. Sorry, and so Dana, you want to talk about that? The graveyard? Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> graveyards where we put all of our our props that go to die. I mean, it, they don't. <laughs> they get reused. Hopefully, if we can find them, and that what has been since I began there and began helping with strike or or in the the process of building during work days. Uh, it was really frustrating to me and I thought we could save a lot of money in the theater if we could have some level of organization in the graveyard. Um, so of course I went crazy and said, this is how we're going to do it. Any objections? And of course no one wanted to object because someone was going to take that on. Uh, I believe that the running bet before COVID was that it would be either six months or two shows. It'd be back to where it was. But thank you, COVID. We've been able to extend how long <laughs> the uh, the graveyard gets to stay organized. Uh, but no, seriously, uh, I've enjoyed every aspect of what I do at the theater from being on the board and recently uh, the VP development, fund development. Um, and then just uh, the relationships that, like with you guys, that uh, we've been able to build. You too, Adrian. Um, yeah. But yeah, you, you uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly that something just kind of clicked i wish i knew i could put my finger exactly on what it was but during mama mia we just really clicked and uh it's special it's cool so going forward the goal for our diva dads is for you guys to have guests and interview them and kind of talk about their theater company experience and their performing experience um but today i'm gonna kind of be doing that to you i really have already been doing that to you um but i do have a couple of questions for you guys um so first one of the things that you guys have in common is that you are all married to these fabulous women so i want to talk about theater widows <laughs> 
<laughs> meaning the spouses, the family members that kind of get left at home while you guys get to go play make-believe uh, at the theater company. So, um, and I know all of your lovely wives personally, so <laughs> I don't know, they're not, they're not mad about it, right? So do y'all want to talk about your wives and how they've handled your new hobby? Go ahead, Rodney. <laughs> yeah, so um, Mandy is awesome. Uh, she, you know, we've been together for almost 25 years now, and um, she is, um, I think she really loves the fact that I have an, have an outlet um, and that, uh, you know, that it's something that I've kind of been missing uh, earlier in my life. Um, she did, it was kind of funny with this, um, the, the whole, like, the way things have transpired over the past month and a half, two months or whatever, uh, because after Little Shop, she was like, you know what, I think... I think we probably need need a break uh, from theater. And um, Josie was uh, my daughter was going to audition for um, Tuck Everlasting, which is the next show on the docket. It's maybe we may do some flipping, but anyway, um, next show on the docket. And I was like, you know, she's probably going to at least get an ensemble because she's pretty talented. You can give me a point. I'm going to take points for bragging. <laughs> on my no, Josie's um, point. She's Josie's not a diva. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, I'll take the point. Um, but uh, I was like, she'll at least probably get an ensemble part. And I was like, since I'm going to be up at the theater anyway, I should probably audition. And my wife rolled her eyes and was like, fine. Uh, and then this whole thing where we're trapped, you know, in the house together. And uh, I, you know, I found out that that I was possibly going to be in, a, in another role uh, after that and we and I just agreed out of hand uh, for it and uh, she she was like yeah I guess it's fine so I, I may have spilled I may have spilled some tea there but I, I, I don't think it's really big tell the tea tell the tea <laughs> I, I'm gonna interject and and to explain this segment which okay, we've had our first tell the tea moment so uh a couple weeks ago when it was one of these uh whiskey nights um and dana had had a lot of whiskey and we were talking about theater and and telling stories and i can't remember what we were talking about and dana forgetting the phrase spill the tea kept saying tell the tea girl tell the tea so this is our first tell the tea moment so I'm going to go ahead and tell the tea because there's a post that's actually going up <laughs> tomorrow. Um, is, okay, that, cool. is that Rodney is going to be in the cast of It Should Have Been You. Yay. Thank Uncle you very Marie, much. Murray, what's your name? <laughs> yeah, Uncle M something. There's a lot of M names in that show. Uh, yeah. And then I'm also Walt. I think he's a waiter. So, yeah. Yes. Perfect. All right. Who wants to talk about their theater widow next? Oh, okay, I'll do it. Um, so I have been married to uh, my lovely wife, Daniela Kilgore. We will be married June, 19 years. And so um, we've been together for yeah, quite a while. And um, she's definitely my rock, and I know I'm her rock. Um, we're uh, basically high school sweethearts, and um, uh, she definitely supports me in theater. Um, the nice thing about uh, the theater in the evening after work is um, she also does powerlifting and she competes actually um, kind of, I wouldn't say you call it like a professional, like a professional baseball player, but she definitely competes very 
uh, on higher scales and travels. Um, actually, hopefully, knock on wood, she's going to make it to Worlds um, next year uh, when she turns a certain age, which I won't mention because she'd kill me. Um, but uh, so because she power lifts and it takes two to three hours at a time for her power lifting, they're with giving me the time to go to rehearsal or to the theater or whatever uh, needs to be done for uh, TTC. So um, in a way, it really works for us. And so um, I, unless she hasn't said it, I don't think she's mad. I think she definitely is a huge supporter of me uh, at TTC and following what I love to do. So. Perfect. That's awesome. Dana. Uh, so I was a musician before I moved to Bryan College Station. Uh, I've been married to, I have to preface this. I've been married to my lovely wife, Charlotte, seven years. It will be seven years this year. Sorry. You might want uh, to edit that so that you can. I will not that. edit it because <laughs> she knows I'm like terrible. Cause I'm like, have we, we've been married like 10 years. <laughs> so she uh start the whole segment over yeah we'll just start that over um so one of the things that she used to give me a little bit of of, of spurring on about was that you i married a musician and you're not musicianing you have all these guitars and you're not doing anything um so as far as yes time consuming as anyone can attest to that's been in the theater it is, it is a lot of work, uh, a lot of, of, of work that the payoff is huge, not just personally, but for the audience. She gets that, and she is just so excited and pleased uh, to come volunteer when I'm on stage uh, in the concessions or doing playbills or whatever, just so she can get that free second you know, half of the show uh, to watch uh, me on stage and perform, and it brings her joy, and she's happy that I'm pursuing something, and I couldn't ask for, for anyone to be as or more supportive uh, than she, so. And at this point, I think we've all gotten to know Charlotte very well that, I mean, there might be some who would prefer. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and one little caveat, she loves to host, so when we do these parties, at my house, the after after parties, um, she goes all out and puts this big spread across our bar and uh, is just happy and uh, to do it and loves to see the smiles on everyone's faces. So it's good. Um, this is my one of my theater widows. This is Little Orphan Annie. She just hopped into my lap. So she's also very supportive of my hobby and my job. <laughs> hobby job. Hobby job. Yep, it's a good one. I'm very grateful for my job. All right. Okay, I want to talk. I have, I have a couple questions for you guys about the shows that you've been in across the theater because, I, like, it, it, it correct me if I'm wrong, but for most of you, the theater company is the first time you guys are doing a lot of onstage acting, right? And you guys are used to performing, but this is very, very different, right? right. So I yeah. want to know your like worst onstage moment where you were like, oh my gosh never going to get cast again. I've never been more embarrassed. Like, I, I want to know what was bad. Mm. Or you can, you can like call the other one out. Well, when Rodney did this, it was, I thought he was toast. <laughs> yeah. When Rodney couldn't give me my lines in uh, little shop so that I knew when to come in through the door. I don't know. That you only forget the name of the show itself though. Yeah. So. <laughs> 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 oh. 
No, I think that my, uh, the, the one that, um, there's, there's a couple, I was in Sunday in the park with George. I was, I was the only one of these, oh, yeah. uh, of these other, the two gentlemen, uh, miss beautiful miss Adrian was in it with me. Um, and there were, there were a couple, couple of things that happened in that show that I thought that this is my last show. I'm never going to get to do another one. Um, the first one was, is I played the boatman in the first act. Uh, cause it's all about the, the painting that George Surratt does, uh, the, the Sunday at the park. Um, and, and just kind of what, uh, the imaginings about that. And I was the boatman who's like at the front with the red, like sleeveless shirt on. And, uh, they imagine him with one eye and, uh, so I'm this gruff, whatever kind of dude. And, um, I had to say some colorful words and I'm not, I am not the sailor. Um, and I, I usually don't use colorful language. Don't look at me like that, Dana. It's true. Um, and so, especially not in, especially not on stage in front of people, you know, like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I had to really yell and curse at Paul early, which normally wouldn't be too big of a problem, but, uh, but it was, it was really tripping me up. And uh, we had a guest director, uh, Rob Thomas at that time. And he had enough of me tripping over that line, uh, even into tech week. And he finally just yelled at me and told me that I had to figure it out or don't do it. And I figured it out. Um, but I, th I thought he was going to come to me afterwards and say, we secretly had an understudy and you were out. Um, but then during the show, um, later in the show, I come in in the second act and uh, I just have one little little line uh but it's kind of important to that particular scene and it's with it was with adrian and the lovely catherine uh morgan what's her new name thomas thomas, thomas. her new name's thomas um and i am just kind of cruising uh backstage and thinking that i'm well on time and then i hear catherine and adrian saying my lines and i was like wait that's my line and I, luckily it's one of those scenes where there's kind of circling and I'm able to just kind of step on and Catherine looks at me like, yeah, you, you weren't here. What were you doing? And yeah. So, As only yeah, Catherine can look at you. That's yes. true. <laughs> there's no one else in the theater that anytime you make a mistake, no matter how well you covered it, Catherine knows. She does that little nod like. <laughs> yeah, her eyes get real big. Love it. All right, what about you guys? I don't know if mine was a embarrassing moment necessarily or, or forgetful. Um, one crazy thing to me, so I, I came to my first audition, uh, as Adrian said, in 2016, Sweeney Todd, and of course, um, Randy was still was still alive, and he we I came to audition night. Uh, Ty Elliott, a buddy of mine and a uh, longtime member of PTC, invited me, and he said, "Yeah, you got to come prepared for a song and." Um, you know, have this ready and have this ready. And of course, you know, it's been years since I've sang on stage or, or done anything. And so I was like, well, gosh, I don't know musicals as well. And so let me think of what I can do. And so, of course, I picked the song from Phantom of the Opera that the Phantom sang. And then, there were, and then they said, oh, we'd like you to have musical accompaniment, uh, sheet music, whatever. We'll have people on side. Of course, I didn't have any of that. And so 
I basically got up on stage and sang this like massive song with no musical bars, piano or anything. And I, and then after I left, I can't remember who it was, um, Charles or somebody who had been at TTC for a while said, yeah, yeah, you usually don't start your audition off with, um, you know, something big like from Phantom of the Opera and without piano. And I'm like, no, okay. So I'm freaking out and we take a break and Randy goes outside to smoke a cigarette and I stepped outside as well too. And he just said, yeah, good job. Good audition. And of course it made me feel great. So, and that was my, you know, that was my moment, but that freaked me out. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> so, needless, needless to say, I don't audition with any Phantom of the Opera songs anymore. So. <laughs> um, I, there's, there's a famous stro stroke scene um in mama mia but i i won't I clarify what you mean by that so i i just flat out i i thought all the words in my head for the lines uh were coming out of my mat like taking this pathway the way i thought them apparently that was not the case um and they all came out jarbled there all the words were there so I didn't miss my line. They were just way in the wrong order. Um, and after the scene, I went back for a costume change and Rodney was like, are you okay? Yeah. Why? And he's like, cause are you sure you're not having a stroke? Cause whatever <laughs> you just said was like, yeah. So uh, that uh, tw 21 and guys in the Island, it was a mess apparently. Um, my, my most though was the stupid motorcycle. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was, and, and Dr. Scott, which I loved being Dr. Scott. Eddie was fun. Um, but that dance number right after, I mean, 10, 15 times trying to kickstart a motorcycle. I can't, I'm a big guy. Like I was out of breath and I couldn't hardly sing and dance and, uh, poor Madeline. <laughs> Explain why 10 to 15 times you were trying to start this motorcycle. Well, because I'm an idiot. Um, so you have like a brake and then you have like a clutch. And I wasn't pulling the clutch to start the motorcycle. So I jumped on it 10, 15 times and it wouldn't ever start. So the very first time it did that, that first night, I'm like, I still a rookie. I mean, I had barely been in, in for not even a year. And I just knew, like, the show must go on. So I'm like, my cue is there. Everyone's waiting. I just went vroom, vroom, and literally said vroom, vroom, because that's the cue for everything to start for that scene. There's, like, a whole crazy thing going on, and the, the, the revving engine of the motorcycle is supposed to put a stop to it. But all we heard was vroom, vroom. <laughs> and the audience loved it. I hated it, but the audience loved it. We, we had four shows, right? Yeah. How many times did you have to say vroom, vroom? Twice. <laughs> I thought it was three. Did we actually get it twice? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the, the second to last night, or second to last show, I finally figured out I'm an idiot. <laughs> so. Halfway through our run, we made it. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Okay, so the other thing I want to ask you guys, because, um, I, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but the three of you aren't exactly well-versed in a lot of musical theater, right? Uh, yes and no. 
right. Not modern um, stuff. No. Modern stuff, no. So, um, but something I learned about Dana and Rodney the other night is you guys share two of the same dream roles. Yes. And those are? Uh, Professor Harold Hill of The Music Man. Tevia from Fiddler on the Roof. Yes. Yes. Mike, what about you? What's your dream role? You know, I don't really have a... <laughs> <laughs> the light bulbs. Point. Uh, light bulbs. <laughs> Modern day Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> Oh uh, um, I don't know if I have a, a dream role per se. Um, something I've been listening to a lot lately only because um, when I was in New York with Daniela uh, over Christmas, we did a Broadway binge. And on Broadway, we went to see Waitress that night. And Constance Maroulis, who played Drew in Rock of Ages, was also on the American Idol. He was actually going to uh, Waitress as well that night. So I actually got to meet him, to take a photo with him. I told him about Rock of Ages at TTC, and he was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and um, what, so I started listening to his music and just, you know, listening on YouTube, and I realized that he played a stint of Jekyll and Hyde. So then I get into uh, my cycle a, a lot, and so I listen to musicals when I bike. And so I got into listening to Jekyll and Hyde, and I absolutely love it. It's dark. and um, Something you'll learn about Daniela, get to meet my wife ever. Uh, she loves dark stuff. Uh, Phantom of the Opera, she listened to Jekyll and Hyde with me, and she's just like, oh, my God, I love this musical. we got to see it if it ever comes back to the U.S. I think it's in Australia right now. But anyway, I learned a few songs from there, and I absolutely love it. So that would be awesome. So That is a, a beautiful score. It's a terrible show. <laughs> <laughs> Has TTC done it before? We did. We did. Okay. When people ask me when shows were, I always think, oh, that was 10 years ago. But at this point, like, I don't know, 14 years ago, I could look it up. <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe it wasn't even 10 years ago. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. I mean, it was really well done. We had um, Brian Burtz played Jekyll and Hyde. Um, his wife now, Molly Burtz. Um, that wasn't how they met, but that was one of the shows that they got to do together. Uh, she played Lucy, and then Emma was played by Jessica DeJong, who is now like in New York working, but on, but actually, crazy, she was touring Korea in an ensemble of Jekyll and Hyde. So oh, wow. Played the role at the theater company, was off auditioning and doing amazing things, and then she was literally touring the other side of the world in this show, which is crazy. But it still sucks. <laughs> 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 um okay so it's like roughly 8 45 so if um now you guys are supposed to switch and you're supposed to ask me some questions you're allowed to <laughs> what do you want to know i want to know your uh oh crap moment on stage that oh, you, like like the worst i mean you've been in so many and yeah. you're so perfect all the time that <laughs> that uh, surely you can only barely think of of one or two. But what's your all time? Um, I can I can tell you lots. I'll tell you one really quick. That's a constant, and it's because we talked about it the other night. So Rocky Horror, I've now been in that show four times and played the same role. 
Magenta has like what 11 lines in the entire show and Rodney we talked about this sometimes when you only speak like every 15 minutes it's really hard to remember that like singular line yeah and so there's two moments in the show where now even having done it four times in a row I never know that it's my line and one of them is in the beginning when we first meet Brad and Janet and I'm supposed to say oh Eddie's the delivery boy no four productions in a row i have riffraff like just stare at me because i just what why no <laughs> my fault and then the other one is this weird moment and specifically i will say and you can give me a point for this but for the past two productions and for, for all four productions i choreographed the show in the last two productions i've also directed the show which is bananas so i have a lot of things on my brain when we're doing this especially when there's a lot of people on stage I'm worried about like you know so-and-so getting the set done on time like all these things are happening and there's a weird transition line that comes out of nowhere for me to tell stupid Dr. Scott to relax. That's it that's all I have to say is relax and because there's like things happening and we're getting the gun for riffraff I, I don't know and and so but Dana did and you can you can tell the story how you were scared to tell me. Of course. Okay. Like I'm I'm going to I'm going to tell the T. Like I <laughs> I I I have a lot of respect. We all have a lot of respect for you. Um and so like you're the director and you're kind of I know you don't like it, but you're kind of here and we're all down here. And so what ends up happening is when I I'm waiting for her, she's my cue line as I gave Rodney crap earlier. And I'm like, she has to say relax. She has to say relax. And she did. And she, I said, um, in notes, uh, right, like right at the end of tech week, I'm like, um, I just real quick, I, am I just not hearing you or, you know, you're supposed to it's say passive aggressive way to say it. And, and, and I'm trying to be sincere, but come on, like I gotta, and, cause I don't like to be looked at like Dana say your line. I'm like, I'm waiting on her to say her line. And <laughs> And she's like, oh, my God, yes, I got it. So first okay. show, oh, my God, Adrian. First show, it's all this huge, like, one one word, but it's this, she looks me in the eye, and she takes her hand and goes across my back and goes, relax, as she passes by. <laughs> I almost forgot my line because I was like, oh, shit. It was good. It was good. <laughs> I, I can be a little scary sometimes. <laughs> um, the there was oh hey, um, okay so there's there's one thing that I know I can think of, and it it wasn't so much of a it was like this perfect storm of errors where we were doing singing in the rain. Um, a lot happened in that show. First off, we had a paint fiasco. We used to do these Thursday night previews um, where. Uh, we would invite people. We would invite underwriters, friends, whatever. We ended up stop doing stop doing previews because all the people would just start coming to preview and not actually buying a ticket to see the show. So there was also just an increased number of shows where we weren't really ready on Thursday. So Randy didn't want people coming to see it until we were really ready. But on Thursday, we did have a preview and we had, you know, I think a couple of people from the Eagle there. We have a reviewer. We used to have a reviewer that used to come and watch our shows on Thursday and give us an actual review. Um, but the set, the stage had been painted <laughs> um, and it was painted with the wrong paint. So instead of a good stage paint that's like sturdy, uh, it was painted with a semi-gloss paint. Mm. And uh, 
then we rained on the stage because that's what you do in that show. And then what you had was essentially this like oil slick. So, you know, Corey, um, Corey McLaren, who was our Gene Kelly, you know, starts tap dancing in that ring. He's a really tall guy and it was on singing and in the boom, boom. And he just kept, <laughs> nobody could stay upright like the entire, entire show. Um, and so that was just one accident that that show had. Our poor stage manager ended up breaking her wrist during a set change because she fell. Um, but in that same show, not preview night, but um, one of the Saturdays, because it was a matinee, um, I played Kathy Selden. So I played the Debbie Reynolds character and I'm having a conversation with Corey, the Gene Kelly character, right before he sings, Singing in the Ring. And we're having a conversation and then I leave because I, we're saying, hey, we just sang whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, I leave and there was a set piece and I think you guys know these pieces. You know those really heavy wrought iron like end tables? There's like four of them. I think Dana, you managed to get rid of a couple. Well, one, we used that in that set and, but it was in the wrong place. And so I have to, as soon as the scene's over, I say goodbye to him and I have to go run and like put on a rain jacket to get back on stage. I go and I run immediately into this end table, which cut me off right at the knee. And I fall down, I crawl off stage. My friend, Michael Green, uh, literally picks me up, puts the jacket on and shoves me off stage, on stage to finish that scene. We go off and I look down and there is blood gushing down my leg. And like, my knee is like, like it, it, it looks like someone just took a bat to it and I'm wow. gushing blood. Um, there's no time to go get anything done. So they literally taped my knee shut, put a bandaid on it. Then we go sing the song Good Morning, where we're up and down and dancing. And every time I get down on my knees to finish the dance, I leave blood on the stage. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It was gross. Wow. <laughs> I, it's a great scar, though. And a great story. And yeah. a great story, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That so was Ad So, Adrian, tell us how you got involved. I know we've known you now for a few years, but tell us how you got involved with the theater company and how long you've been doing it too dang long <laughs> just kidding um so i uh grew up in born in california grew up in san antonio came to a m um and i spent my first year just like all in doing everything on campus lived on campus like did everything i could was super just invested in being at the university um was yeah, did everything. And then when I moved off campus that next year, I was living with three girls that we all did the same organizations. We were all part of the same flow. And, you know, frankly, I was like, I gotta, I gotta do something else because they were going into the same group again as sophomores. And I was actually reading the paper. Um, I was reading the Eagle while sitting at home right when school started since the beginning of my sophomore year. And there was an ad for auditions for The Wizard of Oz. Um, and I thought, oh my gosh, I have not done anything like this in years. This sounds great. It's like the perfect thing to get me off campus, to give me something else to do. And I went and I was terrified. Um, there were so many people there, Wizard of Oz. There was like, I don't even remember how many people were in the cast, but I remember auditions being bananas. And the other thing that I remember is that Christy Petty was the first person to come and talk to me. Um, knowing what, that I was new, she was just like, hey, I don't know you. What's your name? What you doing? Who are you doing? Like, what's what's going on? Um, and we kind of got to know each other. She didn't participate in that show, but she did the next show. Um, and, and honestly, that was it. I was, I was hooked with the people. Um, 
Wizard of Oz was great. I met a lot of really amazing women, um, a lot, a lot of amazing people. The next show, however, and Christy will can tell you the story too. Mame was one of the worst experiences that I've ever had at the theater company. It was just this, whoo, tornado of craziness. Um, and I, uh, I know that if it hadn't been Christmas break, I probably wouldn't have come back after that. But it was Christmas break, and also Jesus Christ Superstar, which is one of my favorite shows ever, was coming up in the early spring, and I was like, ugh. Well, I hope it gets better after this one. Um, and obviously it did. And, th and that, that was, that's it. Like I've been here since 2002. It's been a long time. <laughs> Very long time. Yeah. Um, Let's say, yeah. I, got, I got a question before we move on to the next segment. Okay. So um, what you kind of, so you came in as an actress um, but then I know that it wasn't, if you probably hadn't been around for too long before you were asked to do choreography for a show, right? No, I think it was maybe a season that I'd been there. And honestly, that was another, that's another Christy Petty. <laughs> um, she was set to chore, I think it was her that was set to choreograph The Secret Garden. And she knew I was a dancer. She knew that I'd had some experience and she was having to pull out of the show. And she says, hey, this one's not a big one. Why don't you say, you just go for it, do your best. I'm sure it's gonna be fine. And that was the first show I choreographed. And since then, I mean, there were some seasons that I choreographed the majority of them. Sometimes it was just one or two, um, but it, yeah, I started choreographing for Randy, continued to perform whenever I could. Um, I'd stage manage. I have done everything except sound because that is terrifying. Um, I don't, I don't wanna do that ever, but I've ran lights, I've done the spotlight. Uh, there was a couple of shows where I would run lights and Leslie Borski, this is when we used to do wine at the concession stand. And I think it was Sound of Music. Pretty sure it was Sound of Music. But Leslie Borski would finish at concessions and then come up and just have a glass of wine with me because it was a really long show. <laughs> but yeah. Is, there, is yeah. there a show that, uh, uh, that scares you to choreograph? Uh, to choreograph? Or, uh, anything with tap. Yeah, or to. Or <laughs> yeah, anything with tap is terrifying. I am capable of like the bare minimum. Um, but thank God for Carrie Morosky, uh last year when we did Anything Goes because that's why we had to do that show as an opener because I knew she would be moving and graduating. And I was like, no, not. Mm -mm. <laughs> I got one thing for you to do before you leave me forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Okay, we can, we can move on. I just had to know those things. I mean, anything else? You just let me know. I'm happy. I'm happy to tell the tea. Um, okay, so I'm I'm taking over this next segment. Like I have taken over everything, anyways. Um, I we're starting a segment called Dear Daddy. So um, you all know Dear Abby, where you can <laughs> uh, you can ask for advice of like some stuff that you have going on. Um, so what we have now is Dear Daddy. So like we've talked about, you guys are this collective group of dads. Um, 
you know, for the theater, because of the shows where you came in, there are a lot of like 20s and, and, and young college kids that you guys have all kind of adopted and taken under your wing. Um, so I reached out to a lot of these people to see if they had any questions for their fatherly figures that maybe they wouldn't ask their actual fathers. And I got some good ones. Um, I have a few that we're probably gonna hold until dad's after dark, but I got some good ones too. So the first question I have, and we're gonna start very simply, um, from Alana O'Connell. She would like to know if oil changes are just a scam or if that's something she really has to pay for every three to six months. <laughs> Please change your oil. Please change Please your change oil. Your, change your oil. Yeah. It's not a scam. And Alana O'Connell, you're a very capable, talented young lady. You could change your oil yourself and it's really a lot cheaper if you do it yourself. If you need a tutorial, that was one of my, my first jobs uh ever was uh oil, changing oil so if you need a tutorial i can i can show you how to do it uh but yes you need to change your oil if your oil uh burns out it will burn up your engine and then it's just it's the nice heavy paperweight in your driveway <laughs> or take it to five minute quick change up the road man and pay 20 bucks and have them do it yeah. Related question from Taylor Christensen. How often should I be changing my oil in my car or rotating my tires? Well, oil changes. I'll, I'll I go ahead, Rodney. You're the, you're the expert. <laughs> so until the little wrench comes on and tells me it's time. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's not a terrible idea. Oh. So most, whenever I was back in my day, when I was growing, it was 3000 miles or three months was what I was told to do. However, modern cars with new synthetic oils um, can go much longer. In fact, most manufacturers recommend five to six months between oil changes. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you can, you could probably like check your manufacturer. If you're driving an old car, uh, then you might need to change it more often. But if you're driving a fairly new car and it does have one of those indicator lights, that indicator light is set for when you need to change your oil. So I love the, how serious we're taking this. This is yeah. Well, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the indicator so, light is is based on your driving and the viscosity of the oil that it's. Okay, we're moving on now. That's boring. <laughs> <laughs> we are now getting. We're gonna we're gonna take it a little bit more in a different direction. Um, Kelsey Coleman would like to know, dear daddy, how do boys know when a girl likes them? Are there clues they pick up on or do you have to be more direct? Sincerely, damsel in distress. Be as direct as possible because I clueless, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Guys are clueless, just just say it, yeah. Yeah, boys are dumb. <laughs> we don't, we don't. <laughs> Consensus, yeah, we're stupid. Um, good. Anything you guys want to expand on for that? I mean, this is great. This is great. Uh, well, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> going, going to another question. Um, this is from one of your adopted daughters, Maddie Sakola. What is the most stressful thing about having a daughter? Ugh. Boys. <laughs> Boys. Okay. So maybe y'all can talk about the difference in your daughters because you, Rodney, you have a, a wonderful daughter who is actually your daughter, um, who is a teenager, but then you also have your adult daughters. So what's the difference between <laughs> your daughters? Who stresses you out more, Josie or Riley and Maddie? Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, they, they're, they're completely different stressors. 
I don't I don't worry I don't worry about Josie in the middle of the night like I do uh, uh, Maddie and Riley and amongst others um, <laughs> you know uh, so yeah I don't I don't know I and I also think a lot of the uh, part of the reason why I love the theater and having Josie in the theater is there's such strong women in the theater and they are so like independent and fierce and I don't really I don't like as far as uh being around um terrible boys uh which I know they exist because I've been in a locker room before um yeah or yeah our dressing room um but uh as you know those examples of the girls that you mentioned among others and even some of the older ladies. I mean, that's a great, that's, that's great for Josie to have. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I don't worry about uh, the boys so much with the, with the girls, like those 20, 30 somethings uh, as much as I just, I worry about them. I worry about them. Like right now, a lot of them, like, uh, Camilla just graduated and I'm worried about like the job market right now. Like that's, <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on anybody. And, uh, um, if she doesn't even get a job, she can stay here and continue to design sets. So. Yeah. So there's a secret <laughs> secret. Like I kind of wish that she just, you know, just hangs out and, you know, can design something here. I don't know. Interiors. I don't, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so that, that kind of stuff worries me that I haven't got to that point with Josie, but but I feel like I've talked too much. So what, I don't know, Mike, what do you, what, what stresses you about some of our theater daughters and sons? Um, goodness. I would say, well, I guess we could first have to explain this. You know, I, I was kind of uh, brought up to be a dad, you know, just because I was close enough to y'all's age, but still kind of under that age and just, Saying that again, a very uh, passive aggressive way to make that point that you're not as old as this guy. Oh, this guy. <laughs> um, but no, um, so Danielle and I don't actually have children uh, yet, uh, hopefully soon. Um, but I gosh, theater daughters, um, yeah, just that they don't go crazy, you know. Um, like I wouldn't want my daughter to go crazy and party and get in trouble, and I wouldn't want them to go party and get in trouble. So, I, I I don't know how to answer that yet because I don't quite have a real daughter, but yes. <laughs> Change royal. <laughs> um, I have one more question, um, and and then we're gonna we're gonna move on to something else. This one is from um, one of your other daughters, Tyler Lewis. Dear Dad, <laughs> how do I handle a boy? Oh, oh, how do I handle a boy who loves me very much? But oh, okay, hold on. He's asking for a friend. Uh, who loves you very much, but only wants you for your body. Oof. I've never had that problem. I, you know, I, <laughs> so there was a time maybe, okay, so <laughs> time to tell the tea. Uh, and you can that, tell the tea or this can transition into dad's after dark before we do one more thing. That's hard, man, because it's like, if, <sighs> Because you want to feel valued, and if if this is what, like the only thing that you feel is your value, then we need to have a longer discussion. Tyler, because if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 
I'm so proud of y'all. Okay, we have one more little segment that we're gonna do. Um, I'm gonna share my screen. Can I do that? Sure. Okay, so if you ever go to our theater company website, you can, um, yay. Is it working? Can you see it? Yes. Yep. Hey, oh, I did it. Um, scroll down. Oh, wait. How do I scroll down? Wait, there it is. You can go all the way down to the bottom of our page. Wait. It's still loading. Oh, come on. No, you, click, you clicked on something. I did click on something. Y'all, I'm not good at this. Oh, I did. I got it now. I got it now. Go all the way to the bottom of our page, pass, pass all the fun news and updates. And there is always a picture of the day. And um, so this picture of the day, this cracks me up. I didn't look at it ahead of time. This is J. Paul Thiel. And he is playing, has everyone seen the movie, The Christmas Story? Yes. yes. Perfect. Okay, so first off, thank you to Alan Bryant, who is um, our incredible photographer who has been around for years. And he just will like, the, the links that he goes to to help us out is just ridiculous. Um, so this is a picture from the Christmas story. Um, so there's a stage version of a Christmas story. It's a hilarious musical that follows Ralphie and um, what's the little brother's name? Uh, ooh, ooh, gosh, Ralphie and So Jay Paul played the narrator of the show, but the narrator is actually a grown-up Ralphie. So if you watch the movie, the, the, it's Ralphie telling his own story. So this, the musical is kind of structured that way as well. So um, the narrator gets to interact with the kids and get, a, get to interact with his own little Ralphie self. They have a whole cool song about the Red Rider, you know, carbine action BB gun. Um, that was a really cool show. Uh, the Olsies were like there as a clan. I think all the Olsies were in the show, almost all the Olsies. Uh, Josh and Kathy both played mom and dad. Um, Tyler played Ralphie. Um, Luke played the younger brother, and I don't know why I'm blinking on his name. Um, but what was really weird about that show is that we had like no adults. There was the mom and dad, there was the, Jay Paul as the narrator, and then the other adults were, uh, see, Tom Green, who I don't think you guys know, um, Ty Elliott, and then it was me and Jennifer Hargis and my friend Mary Otto. We were the only adults, so we, we played, we, they, poor Mary and Jennifer were the entire female ensemble that had to sing everything. Mm. Um, but that was such a fun show. Uh, there was a big tap number that the kids did to the song You'll Shoot Your Eye Out, and I remember they worked so hard on it. There was one day after rehearsal that we literally, like I took them all out to Carter's for ice cream because they actually behaved and kept their mouths shut for a whole rehearsal, <laughs> which is very difficult to do. But that was a really good show. I miss a girl. Brandy, Brandy right? Brandy is little brother. Thank you. I can't put my arm. Brandy. Brandy. Oh, Brandy. Um, How do I make you the host again? Freaking <laughs> I don't know. Just highlight me in the uh, participant list. Oh. <laughs> oh, I got it. More. I actually do know what I'm doing. I can also continue to mute you like I did the other day. <laughs> you muted uh -oh. me? Because I was repeating myself? No. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, so those of you who are still watching, um, there hasn't been a whole lot of whiskey con consumed because this is only like, what, an hour segment. Um, but if you um, continue on, you might get a chance to hear Dana repeat things. So if you missed anything the first time around, you're in luck because he's going to say it again in about an hour. <laughs> truth. Hashtag truth. <laughs> Tell that T, <tea>, girl. <laughs> Tell it. 
<laughs> hey, Dads After Dark, you made it through your first episode. We did. We <laughs> dad. made it. So uh, at the end of our recording segment, we uh, have, as Adrian stated, Dads After Dark, which is a live feed on YouTube. Um, we will take a short break from this. Um, we will post this uh, in our YouTube channel and, and other various social medias so that you all can, can enjoy the uh, discussions. And we're going to try to do this every week. Um, but every Thursday after our recording, uh, we will be doing a live Dads After Dark post show. So next week. Next uh week. Next week, we want to tell you now that the special guests next week are going to be newly married couple Brandon Kemp and Carrie Kemp. I cannot wait. Excited to talk to them. Absolutely. Did y'all have fun? Absolutely. This was Tons a fun. Only question is, where is the Topo Chico? Oh my oh, god! Epic fail. More Topo people. No Topo. So I came with two drinks. I came with whiskey drink. And beer chasing. And a vodka drink? Oh, and, I was, and I was going to, yeah. drink and a water drink. Yeah, and I was going to have the topo also, but I was worried that it was not going, it was going to be warm by the time I got to it. So that's This why is I, true. Great okay. job, Dad. Thank you, guys. We'll hey. see you next week. Bye, y'all.